This is episode number 18 with Patrick Dominguez. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nard, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries, and change makers, so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential, and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. Welcome back everyone to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm really excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a 30-day free trial membership. By signing up for free, you are going to receive your first free audiobook and two free Audible originals. Go to mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook and sign up for a 30-day free trial membership today. That's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook. That's A-U-D-I-O-B-O-O-K. Again, that's mindsethorizon.com forward slash audiobook. Get the free trial, the free audiobook, and two free Audible originals today. And now let's dive into the episode. My guest today is Patrick Dominguez. And in this episode, Patrick and I talk about how to heal core wounds and blocks that hold people back from reaching their full potential and push away success in different areas in their lives. Patrick not only shares his incredible story of how he overcame his paralyzing fear of public speaking, but he also talks about the most common five core wounds and blocks that usually hold people back from reaching their goals. In this episode, he talks about these core wounds gives incredible examples with previous clients and talks about the solution as well. And now a couple of words about Patrick. Patrick Dominguez is the co-founder of The Big Shift, a highly successful business coaching company. He and his business partner build their coaching business to nearly $5 million in revenue per year. Patrick has personally coached and trained thousands of business owners to grow their business and to live their purpose. Patrick specializes in helping business owners transform their deep inner blocks that unconsciously push away success with money, love, and business. Patrick also went to one of the top universities in the United States, Stanford University, where he earned a bachelor's and a master's degree in electrical engineering and computer science. So without further ado, let's bring on today's guest. Hi, Patrick, and welcome to the show. Hello, Tibor and everyone. It's great to be here. Yeah, such a pleasure to have you on the show. You know, I am really excited about this conversation because we are just about to cover very exciting topics in this episode. Uh, But before we do that, uh, would you tell us about yourself and more importantly, how did you start your coaching business? Yes, and I'd also, you know, just like to mention how we met, Tibor. So, you know, you and I met at Mind Valley University, and yeah. uh, it was just great being in this environment where there was a lot of entrepreneurial people, and uh, there was a lot of coaches and other types of entrepreneurs, and so, you know, it was great to meet you in that sort of situation. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So, as you know, as for my coaching business, uh, you know. My business partner, Bill Barron, and I, we, over 10 years, we built our coaching business up to a uh, coaching business 
generating nearly $5 million a year in revenue, coaching, you know, thousands of clients per year. But, you know, I want to talk about how it started because people always think, you know, that we must have had some amazing superpowers or things that other people don't have. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, you know, that was not at all, you know, the expectation when I started out as a coach. My my goal when I started out as a coach was initially just to get a few clients and then hopefully, you know, to be able to turn this into a full-time income. <laughs> okay. So yeah, people always think there's these overnight successes, but, you know, it started out small, just like, you know, a lot of other coaches. And uh, so when I started out, I was learning about how to market my coaching business. You know, it's very similar to a lot of coaches. And uh, I was trying to figure out the best ways to market my business and put my shingle out and so forth. And I printed business cards and all the usual sorts of things. Mm. Uh, and, you know, what I was learning from, you know, experts in this field was you want to get out in front of people. You want to be uh, giving talks or doing things where people get to see you as an expert. And uh, the problem was... I had this major fear of public speaking and being seen and being visible. And so mm. I had a lot of resistance to doing the things, all the things that would make sense to do to, you know, be in front of people, to be getting the message out, to be attracting potential clients. I had a fear of doing a lot of these things. And so, mm. uh, so I was doing all sorts of other stuff, you know, like working on a web page, working on business cards and, you know, things that really don't get you exposure. And, uh, so eventually, uh, my business partner and I decided to have a live event. This was about a year or two after starting our business. And uh, we did some pretty good marketing. Actually, marketing is my background. So I'd spent mm -hmm. you know, 15 years as a director of marketing for five different companies. So the irony is <laughs> I had a 15-year career as a marketer. And, you know, uh, marketed, you know, many, many products and services and, uh, you know, generated, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars for other companies as a marketer. But when it came to marketing myself, you know, there, wow. was, a, there was a big block because I was the product or the service, you know, it wasn't somebody else's, you know, product or service. And so, uh, so we decided to have this live event. Uh, it was called the Big Shift Experience. And the idea was to create a transformational experience for uh, our audience. And we had 60 people attend. And uh, in the run-up to the event, I was just so paralyzed by fear about, you know, the parts of the event I was going to be on stage doing. And it was a two-day event, <laughs> you know. So yeah. the whole thing was just sounding miserable, you know, like I'm going to have to present all these sessions. And, uh, and when it came time to do the event, and, you know, so Bill, you know, presented some of the sessions and I did some of the sessions on stage to our audience. And every time it was my turn to go on stage, I was just dripping sweat, like feeling so much fear, you wouldn't believe it. And, uh, you know, I was having to change my shirt during the event because it was like soaked. And uh, I kept forgetting what I was going to say, which made it even worse. And so the whole experience was awful. Uh, you know, it obviously had an effect on the quality of the event experience. And, uh, mm. and basically, you know, I kind of felt like I never wanted to do that ever again. But part of me knew that, uh, you know, if I want to be the sort of person who is going to empower this, the people, because I wanted to work with people who are making a difference in the world. I had done a lot of that in my professional career at other companies. You know, I'd worked in the nonprofit sector. I'd worked in the social enterprise sector. Uh, I'd worked mm. in you know, retail and so forth. 
So, uh, you know, I really wanted to empower people who were uh, out there making a difference in the world. But first, I had to empower myself, right? Mm. So I could, I was just, it was so clear that this was going to just be a huge limitation for me as a human being if I couldn't get in front of people and share, you know, something that's important to me. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah. that's kind of where I was in the first year or two of the business was just like, you know, holy crap, I'm just having a really, really hard time anytime it comes to speaking in public or being in front of people. Wow, such a such a powerful story. And you know, I think a lot of people can relate to this and mainly entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs with big dreams, you know, they have this desire that they want to have an impact, they want to empower people, but they have this fear inside and they they have this fear of public speaking and different kind of fears. So what did you do yourself to overcome this fear? What what can others learn from this? Yeah, so uh so we had another live event a year later and you know I was in charge of the marketing for that and you know things went pretty well and we had 120 people signed up to to come to that event. So mm. twice as many people and uh, <laughs> and so buckle you know, up. Yeah, exactly. You know it was the weirdest thing because uh you know as a marketer you know, that's like a home run, you know, to uh, have twice as many people, you know, a year later than the, the previous year. That's like, you know, a big success. But I was dreading it twice as much, you know. And so I just thought it is just not right to be spending so much of my, you know, time and energy marketing something and, you know, like creating this really cool event and inviting people to come to it and then be dreading going to it at the same time. You know, so, mm-hmm. uh, so before the event, I said, okay, I need to get this, you know, fear handled. And mm-hmm. I started working with different coaches and healers and anyone I could find who I thought could help. I ended up working with eight different people and, okay. uh, you know, some, some people, you know, helped a lot. Some people, you know, said they could help, but, you know, just couldn't get to the, the root cause of the fear. And ultimately, uh, what happened was I ended up doing some really deep inner healing uh, where I got to the sort of the origin of the fear and it really related to some experiences I had in childhood where I didn't feel safe. And I kind of learned to, uh, when something didn't feel safe and around me to just, uh, hunker down to kind of put up a protective wall to kind of hide bunker down and, uh, you know, just kind of let it pass. And uh, mm. so, I just got in touch with a part of me that was really afraid of being seen and being rejected or embarrassed or hurt in some way if I were visible in front of a room of people. And ultimately, uh, you know, someone helped me sort of reprogram that fear. So instead of, you know, trying to keep myself safe by being kind of hidden or invisible, uh, you know, we rewired that fear to be more, uh, to embrace an inner sense of, connection with the people in the room and so instead of feeling afraid of people in a room to feel a deeper connection and also like a deeper internal source of safety wow so and afterwards you became this expert with helping people with inner blocks so we talked about this before at mind valley and as i mentioned it's it's really common that uh entrepreneurs have these fears right so fear of failure fear of upsetting others fear of being seen yeah, and you mentioned this uh, patterns and blocks. Like, why is this 
working with these kinds of inner blocks so important? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about that. But first, I just want to, you know, kind of let you know what happened at that event. So, so after doing a lot of deep work around the fear, I uh, came on stage at that event where we had 120 people in the room mm. and just had a completely different experience. It was a miracle. Uh, I felt very comfortable. I actually enjoyed uh, presenting because, you know, I was presenting material I was passionate about. And during breaks, people would come up to me and say, you know, wow, that was so great. Are you, uh, you know, a professional speaker uh, or do you give classes in, uh, you know, how to speak on the stage? And it was mm. it was surreal, well, you know, because, uh, yeah. you know, my entire life I've been someone who's been really nervous in front of groups. And so people were asking these questions and I just thought, this is like so bizarre, but eventually I, you know, got used to kind of, kind of like a new identity almost of someone who is a professional speaker. And, uh, you know, in the next year we, wow. we had 240 people at our event. The year after that we had 400 and our event kept growing till one year we had 700 people. And just every year I just felt more and more comfortable being in front of large numbers of people. And, uh, mm. and, you know, I had the you know, the opportunity and the privilege to present, you know, the things I'm really excited about and the things I think will make a difference for people, you know, to more and more people each year. Or so, so thank God, you know, I did the work to to shift that fear, and uh, wow. I'm so grateful because of all the opportunities that's opened up for me since that time. Wow, it's 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 so important. And you mentioned identity. I think it's really important that on that level, you know, we have this change, right? And we have this transformation that we believe that we are this person who is capable of doing these things, right? Yes. And so you were asking a second ago, you know, you know, why is it so important to work with these blocks? So just want to talk about that for a sec. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, basically it's, it's the inner fear and resistance and, you know, self-sabotage and all these sorts of things that, you know, stop entrepreneurs from creating an amazing business and creating wealth, getting out there and making the difference you're here to make. And I just want to mention some of the typical fears. And, you know, if you're listening, you know, you can check out if any of these apply to you, uh, you know, fear of being seen or speaking in public or being on videos or in social media, a fear of being rejected, a sense you might be hurt or embarrassed or humiliated if you're exposed in front of people. Uh, a different one is a fear of looking at money. A lot of people have, you know, an avoidance of looking at their bills or their debts or their financial situation. They just kind of bury it and don't look at it. Uh, there's a fear mm -hmm. of doing things wrong, uh, maybe people judging you for how you did things, uh, fear of being an imposter or a fraud, or, you know, just a basic fear of what other people are going to think about you. And so, yeah, can you see how these sorts of fears would stop people from making money in their business or, you know, helping the people they want? Yeah, and, and what are what are those underlying blocks that generate these fears? So what what are the reasons for this? Yeah. So I'm there's actually five blocks uh that people typically have that hold them back in their business. But first I this is I want to talk about this is kind of like the meta block before even getting into the the five blocks. And mm -hmm. the the first kind of issue is uh most entrepreneurs aren't looking at what's going on inside in the first place, right? So there's often a big block or a resistance or procrastination or something going on inside and people aren't looking at that. So for example, can you imagine if you broke your leg and you had trouble walking 
and you had like blood coming out of the place where your leg broke. And then you're going around telling people, you know, I'm having trouble walking. You know, I wonder why it's it's so hard getting to where I really want to go. And then if you just look down, you'd see like, oh, there's this painful broken leg, you know, that just needs some healing and attention right away, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when it comes to other things in life, you know, it's like, oh, obviously like, oh, you know, it's raining and water's coming through the roof. I should fix the roof. There's other things in life where we see a problem and we deal with it. But when it comes to our internal blocks, it's in some ways, it's not even the blocks or the fear stopping us. It's the fact that we haven't looked to see what those blocks are. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so when you have this deeper underlying stuff you haven't looked at, that underlying stuff there overrides your efforts to create the business you want. It also overrides your efforts to create the relationship you want to. And, you know, you think you have, you're in control and you have these conscious intentions that are driving you, but really it's like your unconscious is the elephant that has all the power. And yeah. so if nothing else, like the, you know, one of the biggest messages, you know, I'm, I'm out sharing in the world is if you're, you know, business isn't going the way you want it to go, if you're not making the progress you want, then look inside and see what's going on. And when I work with clients, usually the real issue is a level or two deeper than where people are looking. And so, okay. so it's important to look deeper, identify what the actual issue is. And when you do, things actually, it gets lighter. People are kind of, you know, afraid to look in those places. They, they're afraid it's going to be dark or scary or there's going to be monsters or dragons down there. But Actually, when you look inside and you identify the, you know, really deeper issue, it feels lighter, feels more manageable, feels like, you know, oh, this could be resolved, right? So the 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 thing that makes it really hard is actually to not look. So that's that's like one big message I'd really like to get to people is is take a look at what's going on there. If there's some sense of fear or resistance or sabotage or procrastination, and when you look and see what's going on inside, it actually makes it a lot easier to deal with. Mm. So how do you um, help people go deeper, deeper, deeper? How do you help them find these blocks? And so what are those five blocks? Yeah, uh, and so. The five blocks, I actually call, the, I sometimes I call them the five blocks. Sometimes I call them the core wounds. And the idea mm-hmm. is our deepest blocks, the things blocking us in our business and also in our relationships and other areas of life. It's our blocks are patterns of behaviors or emotional reactions uh, that we'd rather not be doing, but we just can't stop ourselves from doing those things. And usually these patterns of behavior You know, if we're hiding out, we're not being seen or we're procrastinating and other things, they usually originate at some time earlier in life, usually in childhood. And at some point, there's something going on in childhood where there's something challenging or difficult or threatening going on in our environment. And we learn to adapt to that. And it's good good that we did. We learned to adapt and compensate to things we had to deal with as children. But then those compensating behaviors are still running in adulthood and they're running in our businesses. And so basically I want to do a quick overview of what the five blocks are. I call them the core wounds because basically they're the wounded places or the hurt places inside from childhood that are still, you know, running in our businesses today. Yeah. 
So let, so, me, let me just go th- through them. So the first, yeah, one, yeah. first one, one, number one is, or block number one is I am not safe. And so with this one, there's just a core fear of other people or being in the world or engaging in the world. A lot of people who are healers or who do, you know, deep sort of helping work with other people have this, have this block or this wound. And with this wound, people often uh, will do a lot of spiritual practices to sort of protect themselves from the world or they'll kind of withdraw into their own uh, mind. They can be very creative uh, because they're very sort of intellectual or operating in the mind, but they're kind of disconnected from their body and other people. Mm-hmm. And so like how this shows up in people's businesses, this block is they're always creating stuff, but they're never launching stuff. Uh, they don't want to speak and so forth. I, you know, definitely had this wound, so it doesn't feel safe to, you know, to be in front of people. Uh, mm. These people often aren't charging money for their services because they don't want to get the rejection of, you know, Wow. asking to get paid for their services because it just doesn't feel safe. And so this one is very fundamental. If someone has a, a feeling of insecurity or not being safe inside, you know, clearly that one has a lot of implications for people in trying to get out there in their business and being seen and, and marketing their business. Wow. So I'm not safe. This is the, this is the first block or wound, right? Yes, Exactly. Wow. So this one is super fundamental. And for this one, uh, if you have this one, the goal is to, and this is what my inner freedom process does, and I'll talk about that a little later, but basically the the solution here would be to cultivate a sense of safety from within. Because usually mm-hmm. with this wound, people are trying to you know, align their external circumstances. They're trying to do things externally to find a way to be safe on the inside. But it never really quite works. And so uh, so wow. the solution is to be able to program in, you know, a sense of safety from within, and then you're less worried. So that's this is what I had to deal with when I was having this fear of being seen and this fear of being on stage was just fundamentally I wasn't feeling safe uh, around groups of people, especially when I was, you know, presenting or being seen. And so I did a lot of healing and reprogramming with this safety wound and that just mm-hmm. changed everything. Mm. I'm really curious about your process. We will dive into that a little later, but uh, you know, you mentioned money and being seen, which is people talk about money mindset and, you know, mindset uh, in general, but maybe it's not the mindset anymore, you know? So it's really interesting. And I'm really curious about the other four blocks. Yes. Yeah, so what are those? Yeah, I'll just say before we get into number two that, uh, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I see a lot of people trying to work on their money mindsets, and it's certainly useful. You know, uh, yeah. if if people have money mindsets like uh, people who have a lot of money are bad, for example, it's it's worthwhile to to shift those. But what I find mm-hmm. is I've seen a lot of people do a lot of really good work with their money mindsets. But if you still have this inner block or wound around not feeling safe, you can be someone who loves money and loves people with money. But if you don't feel safe in terms of getting out there and you know marketing your business and being seen by people, it doesn't matter how awesome your, your money mindsets are. There's still this deep inner place holding you back from, from getting out there and doing the things you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. So number two, block number two or wound. Yeah. So uh, block or wound number two is I am not loved. And uh, this comes from a sense in childhood of uh, 
you know, when you wanted to have your needs met, you were kind of made wrong. I was just working with a client yesterday whose entire childhood was, you know, because uh, her mother was very sick uh, most of her childhood. It never felt okay for this client of mine to uh, get her needs met because she was, you know, always trying to help her mother, you know, feel better and, and have her, you know, sort of basically her emotional needs met. And so my client, it was never okay for her to get her needs met. And she never really felt loved because she was so busy trying to take care of her mom. She always felt a little sort of abandoned. And so mm-hmm. with this wound, there's a sense that it's not okay to have your own needs and you're always putting other people's needs first. And so then you feel, uh, at the end of the day, really depleted, kind of uh, uh, resentful, you know, like wishing someone would meet your needs. This shows up a lot in relationships too, where people feel really resentful of their partner not meeting their needs, but it's really because fundamentally the person in question isn't making their needs known. It doesn't feel okay to do so. Mm -hmm. And so there's an inner sense of like not being nurtured and not being loved. And it shows up in business as a fear of rejection. Uh, people are afraid to have consultations or sales conversations because they don't want it, like the the pain of rejection is so great. So they, I've worked with a lot of clients who will have these consultations or enrollment conversations with potential clients and never even offer their services, right? Because they're so mm-hmm. afraid of what's going to happen, or you know if they think. Uh, the other person isn't going to be able to afford it. They don't want to offer their services because they don't want the other person to feel hurt. And reality is we don't know if the other person can afford it or not. I prefer to let the other person make that decision and not make that decision for them. That's very disempowering to assume that for other people. But with this wound, you know, you don't want to hurt other people and you don't want to feel hurt yourself. And so with this one, there's a a lot of fear of rejection. There's also a lot of over-delivery because there's a lot of meeting other people's needs. So, you know, you'll charge a small amount of money and then like spend tons of time working with either individual clients or if you're working in groups, you'll just way, way over-deliver in terms of how much you're charging. And then you feel like... uh, like I had a client who was saying, my clients you know, keep sucking up all my time. Well, it's because this person you know, doesn't really have the boundaries and they're afraid that if they don't do all this extra work, their clients are going to fire them. Wow. Uh, people-pleasing, is it is it this category or this is not? Yeah, people-pleasing definitely fits into this category as well. You know, I just to give you an example, I had one client who he had a, I think five full-time employees in his business. His business was doing fairly well, but he wasn't paying himself. He was paying everybody else a full-time salary, but there was never enough money at the end of the day to pay himself. So, you know, he was putting other people's needs first, his clients, his employees, uh, but not his own. So, you know, after we worked together, uh, he was able to shift energetically inside so that it was okay to meet his needs as well as other people's. And so, mm. and now he's at the point where he's actually, uh, you know, about to buy an office building because, you know, he's, wow. he's made, uh, building wealth and paying himself a priority. Whereas before it was always, it was always in second place. Wow. So interesting. And so what is, uh, wound number three? Yeah. So wound number three is I am hiding. And so, <laughs> I'll tell you a little bit more about this and then we'll hear why you're laughing. So, uh, so, uh, with this wound, uh, uh, 
with this one, people feel like they have to hide. There's a, a fear of being exposed. And with this wound, uh, people uh, often aren't taking action towards what they want, uh, especially with their business. There's a lot of uh, a lot of busyness, but they're not taking the real action that would actually move their business forward. Uh, there's often a you know blocks around self-expressing and being seen and heard. It's hiding. Uh, and mm-hmm. so these people are hiding out and not doing the things they need to to be doing, to to be seen, to get what they want, uh, to express their desires, uh, to express themselves. And so there's a sense of a sort of self-sacrifice, avoiding shame, and most of all, staying stuck. And so uh, people with this wound pattern or this, you know, a block, they tend to stay stuck. They never launch. Right. They're doing a lot of stuff, but they're, you know, maybe they're working on a book or they're working on a program and they have a bunch of ideas. Uh, but there's always a failure to launch. And when people ask them how it's going, they always talk about the stuff they're doing, but there's never like any like big wins or, or milestones or indicators of real progress. And I'll just mm-hmm. give you an example of one client I worked with in the past. Uh, one client of mine, she had been technically working on her business for five years but had never gotten one client, not even mm-hmm. a practice client, had never done a workshop or a talk, and had bought a bunch of books uh, on her topic, had prepared the program that she wanted to do, but in five years had never worked or presented anything related to her topic. She was so blocked about uh, being seen and exposed, and so she was just hiding for five years. And, oh my God! Yeah, and uh, and this was her life passion. You know, she had a a, a, a you know successful consulting practice. Uh, mm-hmm. So she was making a lot of money as a consultant, but you know, she was kind of not really into the consulting she was doing. She wanted to be doing this other passion, but she was so afraid of what would happen if she put herself out there and got you know some sort of like embarrassing or humiliating feedback. And so we were we worked together purely on the inner stuff she already knew what to do in business she was a successful consultant right so she didn't really need more information and strategies it was just the inner work and when we worked on the inner work she gave her first workshop she got her first paying clients and things just started to take off and and it's just because she had this this particular block so she was staying stuck she was staying hiding Wow, um, it's a it's a very powerful story actually, and and this is really great that you are sharing these uh, experiences with clients. It reminded me that uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer actually talks about the ego, and the ego tells us that who we are is what I accomplish or what I do, and uh, what other people think of me, sort of things, right? So my ego cares about what other people think of me. And this inner process, I guess, I'm really excited to dive into your process. This transformation happens inside, right? So this healing, this inner power comes from the inside. Yeah. So I don't care what other people think of me because I am strong inside. Yeah. By the way, uh, you know, when it comes to the ego, because you brought that up, uh, yeah. the way I think about it is we have different aspects or different facets of the ego. And mm-hmm. we have sort of uh, s- strong parts of us that are powerful. And then we have parts of the ego that are more of like the wounded parts or the hurt parts that we protect. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. not that th- there's anything wrong with the ego. There's just different aspects of the ego. And in the inner work, we work with the parts of the ego that carry the fear or carry hurts from the past. Yeah. 
And it's actually pretty straightforward to work with those parts. And when we do, we strengthen the overall ego. So I don't think there's anything bad or wrong with the ego. It's just we have parts of our ego that, you know, we're still carrying hurts from the past and we can address those. Definitely. And the ego helps us, um, you know, get gets the business done and all these things done that we want because, you know, it's it's important. So what is uh, block number yeah, so four? I want to go through four and five pretty quickly so we can get into you yeah. know, how to resolve these. So I'm going to do this uh, a lot faster here. So uh, block and wound number four is I can't trust. For this one, people uh, have a feeling that they can't trust other people. And the way it shows up is there's kind of two ways people show up with this one. One is they tend to be very sort of dominating or controlling. Uh, and so they always have to be in charge or kind of leading the show. And, you know, there's a lot of positives to this one as well, of course. But ultimately, uh, people who are operating that way feel like they can't be vulnerable. They can't trust other people. Uh, you know, I was working last year with two different million dollar business owners who always uh, were suspicious of their team, always felt like their team wasn't carrying the load and so forth. And it was just because they had a fundamental, you know, inability to trust people on their team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's very painful to be in a business where you can't trust anybody around you. And so yeah. the other way this wound shows up is for people who are kind of have this sort of charming, seductive, charismatic personality. And again, uh, there's a lot of benefits to that, but there's a, kind of a deeper side of just hiding their vulnerability and not letting people see who they are in a, a deeper way. And so uh, it can be a little lonely operating in this way. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the fifth wound in the fifth block is I need to be perfect. So having a perfectionistic streak where you feel like it's not okay to do something wrong. And I hear you laughing. So <laughs> are, are you resonating with this one, Tibor? I'm working on this. I'm working on this. So <laughs> I try to say myself uh, quantity over quality <laughs> and things like that. But yeah, definitely this is one of one of them that I can resonate with. Yeah. Yeah. So that's exactly it. You know, people will say to Tibor, you know, quantity over quality or other mantras, you know, like take baby steps, right. Or, or, you know, uh, you know, just do version one. And there's all these mantras that people tell themselves, but it's what people mostly don't do is say, well, where did this start? How did this get to be here? And how do I actually, you know, alter this? Right. So, mm, yeah. So this one comes from a core fear of, of criticism or being judged or slammed for doing something wrong. Usually in childhood, there was a parent who was critical and maybe wasn't uh, very emotionally available or loving in some way. And so there's this like drive to do things right to avoid criticism. And so the great thing is these people are often very competent. They're achievers, they're doers, but they can never relax. Uh, work is always more important than play. And there's always a stress. You know, so when I was in, working in the corporate world, I was always afraid I was going to get fired, even though I always had like great reviews. Anytime uh, my boss would call me, you know, into their office, uh, I'd be like afraid like the shoe was going to come down. Right. And then wow. it was usually just a working meeting. Right. So it was ira- it was irrational, but it, there was just this fear that something would happen, you know, if I didn't do things at a, you know, you know, top notch, sort of perfect, high quality level every single time. Yeah. And yeah. so, so the negative effect of this one is oftentimes people won't actually launch anything because they're afraid it's not going to be well received. They might get judged. You know, what are other people going to think? Uh, and so a lot of people just aren't putting their gifts or their message or things they could be doing to help people out into the world uh, because of the fear that connects with this one. Wow, it's really powerful. I think I can relate to the 
to one number three and number four, uh, number five. So three and five. And um, you also mentioned in one of our conversations that sometimes it's not about the skills anymore, right? So we don't uh, talk about the skills right now. It's it's uh, when 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 something uh, yeah, before, holds actually, somebody back. Yeah. Before we go into this, I just want to mention, uh, you know, so yeah. for people listening, you know, if you want to figure out which of those, you know five core wounds, core blocks you have in your business or in your relationships. I have a quiz. You can go to uh, www.innerfreedomprocess.com forward slash quiz. That's inner, I-N-N-E-R, freedomprocess.com forward slash quiz. And it Mm. only takes like two or three minutes and then you get to find which one of these is your top one. And there's a kind of a, a description, a full description of each one. And, and people have told me they find that pretty enlightening. So that's a reason. Wow. If, if, like I said, the most important thing is if you have a block is to find out what that block is. So that, you know, that's a resource I can help. Yeah, so cool. I'm going to take that. And uh, I'm going to put a link in the show notes so people will will find it and they can take the quiz. Amazing. Thanks for sharing. You got it. So yeah, uh, would you like to talk about these skills? Because in one of our conversations, we covered that, you know, these wounds are, I mean, when we want to overcome something, something that holds us back, we tend to think that it's it's about skills. So let's say public speaking, and we are improving our communication skills and language and whatever it is, but it's not about the skills anymore. It's about the wounds. And so you have this inner freedom process, right? Yes. And so... so yeah, would you go deeper into that? Yeah. By the way, have you heard of the concept of uh, horizontal learning versus vertical learning? No, no, not at all. Yeah, so this I think it came out of the corporate world, but basically uh, uh, horizontal learning is what most people are doing in the corporate world and also entrepreneurs as well. Horizontal learning is skills-based, right? So you're going to learn you know, communication skills or, or presentation skills or sales skills or marketing skills. And obviously, you know, in business, and especially if you're an entrepreneur, you know, having these skills are super important, right? They're indispensable. But a lot of times people are, you know, mostly like 95% working on those sorts of things, right? So they're, they're yeah. busy learning about Facebook ads or how to make money on Instagram and all exactly. these things, obviously important, right? But that's only half the equation, Right. So the other mm-hmm. part of the equation is vertical learning, which is working on yourself in an inner way. Okay. Wow. So, so how are you developing? How are you evolving? And so working on these inner blocks is what I would call the vertical development. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of entrepreneurs are kind of skipping out on the vertical development part. Okay. Because, you know, if you're an entrepreneur, most of what people are offering out there are the horizontal, you know, development opportunities, all the skill stuff. Okay. So I'm here, you know, basically, you know, carrying the torch, carrying the flag for saying, hey, don't forget the inner development part as well. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. And so, uh, so basically... I have something called the inner freedom process, and I just want to give you sort of the basic steps. So the the first step is you have to say, hey, I think I have some sort of block or something going on inside, some sort of pattern. I can see this going on. And I, you have to be willing to say, okay, I want to look at this. I want to find out what's going on. I want to find out what the origin is. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, when I work with people, uh, 
I can help people figure out what their inner block is and what their pattern is and where it started in about 20 minutes. So it actually doesn't take that long. Uh, mm. But the first step is someone has to say, you know what? I think I'm blocked. You know, I think I do have a fear of being seen, or I think I am keeping myself stuck in some way, or I think I am, you know, being overly perfectionistic and, you know, not launching and so forth. Right. So, mm-hmm. and I want to say there's nothing wrong with those things, right? Those things are normal. Right. So, yeah. so yeah. there's nothing wrong, you know, with having fears or blocks on the inside. It doesn't mean anything's wrong with you. We all have them. Uh, the thing that doesn't work so well is to, is to be in denial about them or to not look at them. Right. Cause then they just keep running and then they just keep overwriting, you know, your efforts and your abilities to, you know, create the business you really want to have. So first step is to say, Hey, uh, you know, I'm not moving the way I want to towards uh, what I want to accomplish. You know, what's going on there? That's by far and away the most important step. Because if you don't take that step, you know, then you don't, you know, really go anywhere in terms of addressing or resolving what's going on inside. Mm. Okay. Mm. I keep emphasizing yeah. that because it's, it's, it's where things start. Okay. Yeah. So then the, the, the next step is to really identify the pattern. Okay. And when I work with people, there's always a really clear pattern. So I'll just give you an example. Uh, one of my clients was someone who could make money but could never keep it. Okay, so mm-hmm. uh, he would make money but then always spend it all. He couldn't understand, you know, why he wasn't saving anything, uh, why he wasn't using it, you know, to better his life. And basically, it came from when he was a child. Uh, his parents were very poor. He grew up in a in a poor family. It was a loving family, but anytime he would ask for anything, his parents would would cringe because they just didn't have the money. And just mm-hmm. because there were such strong emotions around that, he just learned to stop asking, right? So he got he got a pattern programmed inside that it wasn't okay uh, to ask for things for himself. It wasn't okay to have money. Wasn't he never he never had an allowance, right? So just mm-hmm. having money and being able to use it for himself wasn't okay. Okay. So we, we get these patterns of behavior inside that are just adaptations to life circumstances and we can reprogram them. So the first thing is identify the pattern and then I help Mm -hmm. people uh, unwire and reprogram the pattern. So I help people go inside to where the pattern lives in their neurobiology and then reprogram the pattern. And usually, uh, there's, you know, some strong emotions related to the pattern and I help people also neutralize the emotions. So, you know, people may be holding a fear of looking inside and we actually can help whatever emotions people are afraid to look at. We help bring those to neutral. So there's less charge around the past. There's less charge around the pattern. And then I help people program in or wire in a new choice so that in situations where they were operating one way, now they can operate in a new way. Mm. And rehearse that new program. So I suppose that it takes not just one session, but a couple of times to to work with you, right? Yeah. You know, I usually work with people over the course of three or four months, but, uh, you know, usually people mm-hmm. are coming to me with patterns they've been working on, you know, for a decade or a couple of decades. And so three or four months is actually a relatively short amount of time. But, you know, what I want wow. to say to that is, uh, you know, I spent years in the personal development world and I used to go to, uh, you know, all these things like spiritual retreats and workshops. You know, I, you know, I, I have a collection here on on my bookshelf of probably 150 self-help books. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I was doing everything I could to learn about myself and what was going on inside and, uh, learning about yourself and information, although it's interesting, learning doesn't 
generally create that much transformation because uh, where our you know patterns are stored inside are not in the thinking mind. They're stored in our neurobiology and our nervous system. And our thinking mind just has you know very little influence or dominion over our unconscious patterns. And so it was only when I shifted from lots of learning, you know, going to Buddhist Dharma talks and all those sorts of things, which are very sort of uh, consoling, like kind of gives you hope. But I just remember going to all these Dharma talks or lectures and seeing all the great, you know, speakers talk about, you know, just let these patterns go, just let it go. And I'm like, okay, how do you let it go? And just thinking about letting it go or wanting to let it go, you know, how many times have you heard that? I mean, I've heard a million people preach, you know, just let it go. And, (laughs) you know, just just saying, hey, I'm going to let it go, you know, doesn't doesn't tend to do that much. So, so, you know, I got really curious and that's why I've spent eight years, you know, researching tools to actually help things let go. You know, it starts with getting to the root cause, you know, where did things actually start? What's the source of the patterns or the fears and so forth? And then, you know, I help people with tools to reprogram the root cause and help people Mm -hmm. be able to respond differently. Wow. Yeah. Patrick, I'm, I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm on the same journey. Um, I'm aiming for, I mean, I'm looking for the answer, how we can tap into our full potential, which means I'm looking at topics, you know, fear, things that hold us back, right? So fears, limiting beliefs. So I'm looking for the answer. And what I have been learning was coaching and NLP to some extent, NLP to some extent. And and I was focusing on the mindset, but what you are talking about is so powerful and, you know, I really like this uh, process, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Thank really you. interesting your journey. This uh, eight years of searching for the answer—it's uh, really, really great. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, I think it's great to be working on uh, one's potential, and there's two sides to it. You know, mm-hmm. part of uh, realizing your potential is the skills and the abilities and the personal power, uh, but the other half is. Uh, the things going on inside that limit you. And so I'll give an example. I was just working with a client who, uh, you know, has a lot of fear around money and feeling insecure around money. And this person got to the point where uh, they had a couple of million dollars in the bank uh, or in investments, right? So, you know, like she could retire right now, (laughs) right? Yeah. She still okay. feels super insecure. She still feels like uh, she could lose all that money. It could go away. Uh, and even though she got all the money she needs to retire, right, she could be financially free because she kind of thought like, hey, when I get all the money I need to be financially free, I'll feel free. And she still feels not safe because she hasn't. Uh, worked with the inner pattern that has her feel not safe. So even though she has all the money to be financially safe, she doesn't feel that way, right? And so that's very common in our businesses is we think when we get to a certain level, we're going to feel good inside. We're going to feel secure. We're going to feel enough. We're going to feel like we've proven ourselves at some level. And mm-hmm. you know, typically, you know, no level of business success really gives us that inner feeling, and so no. that's why I call my work the inner freedom work, because usually uh, the resolution to feelings of, you know, not being safe or not being loved or not being enough and so forth doesn't come from business success. It comes from actually establishing 
the inner sense of those things. And that's, you know, what my work mm-hmm. is about. So, you know, after 10 years of working with business owners, I realized all the external stuff doesn't give us that sense of inner freedom. It's the inner work that gives us the inner freedom. And it's the holy grail, I think, is to do the inner freedom work to feel free on the inside and then do the things in your business where you get to have, you know, the time freedom or the location freedom or the financial freedom. Mm. But it's it's good to have both the inner freedom and the outer freedoms. Personally, yeah, I, think so inner, I think the inner freedoms are even like... If, if you could choose one, I think the inner freedoms are actually better because when I work with clients on the inner freedom, they feel at peace and they feel whole and so forth, even before they accomplish their business goals. So it's not, they're not delaying their happiness by waiting for a few years to achieve business goals because the happiness isn't going to come by achieving the business goals anyway. Yeah, it's so true. You know, I think it's a, it's a false belief that uh, we think that if we achieve that goal, the business goal money goal whatever it is we are going to be happy it's a, it's a it's a belief that is actually based on not a fact it's just some kind of a you know false belief i would say okay so we are coming to the end of the end of this conversation and before i say goodbye tell people where they can find you online yes yeah, so uh, you can go to my website, which is innerfreedomprocess.com. That's inner, like I-N-N-E-R, freedomprocess.com. And I also want to invite people, if you are interested in discovering what your inner block is, where it came from, and how to resolve it, I'd be happy to talk to you. There, You can just click on the link to schedule time with me, and I'll show you exactly what your block is, you know, 99% of the people who come, you know, have a sense of what it is and it's usually different. So we'll get that really clear for you. And, you know, I really want to, this is for people who are serious about really looking inside and doing maybe deeper inner work than they've ever done before. And so, you know, if you just want to learn this probably, you know, there's lots of, lots of ways to learn. We talked about that earlier today. So this is if you're, you know, wanting to just have a different sort of like experiential experience Mm. Mm. yeah yeah really powerful thank you for sharing it's gonna be in the show notes so people will find it and thank you patrick for being on the show and thanks for sharing your wisdom thank you tibor i really enjoyed the conversation what is up mindset nation thank you so much for listening and i really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation. So please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show. And don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website MindsetHorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, Mindset Transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, leave us a message, we'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening, take care and be limitless my friends.